There it is. Turn away this morning. We're in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18 as we look at the shepherd's account. If you'll stand in God's honor as I read from His Word. Luke 2, 8 through 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let's pray. God, may we be amazed. Lord, what was said so long ago has it been said to me, to my heart, have I heard? Father, thank you for your word, your truth, for this account. This is not a legend. Um, It's not merely a story. This is an account of what happened. We praise you. Lord, as we continue on with this worship time, our desire is that we would truly continue to worship you. Lead us, guide us, take over that we may see you, Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. I love the way in the skit, how that skit guy shared the monologue of what it would have been like to be a shepherd. I mean, can you imagine? More than likely, you're you're watching these sheep, and you know you might hear some bleeding, maybe a few insects, but other than that, it's basically quiet until suddenly. Until suddenly the angel appears. And and as he said, it was probably an understatement when he said afraid. I mean, you know what came to my mind when I read that recently was I used to watch this show when I was a kid called Sanford and Son. I don't know if any of y'all remember that old show or not. And uh, Fred Sanford was always saying, Elizabeth, honey, I'm coming to join you, honey. It's coming, you know. Man, I imagine, you know, you wonder, did they lose a couple of shepherds? Because there had to be an, a, a fear. And yet when they thought, uh-oh, does this mean I'm getting ready to see God right now? <laughs> but instead of fear, don't you love it? 
He says, do not be afraid. Instead of bad news, and sometimes we get this idea that it must be bad news because we're in trouble and God's coming to give us the spiritual spanking. That's not what is said here. He says, I bring you good news. Good news of great joy. Good stuff. That will be for all the people. Not just a few. All people. That includes you and me, guys. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful stuff. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. To who? To you. He is Christ the Lord. You're going to find him wrapped in claws, lying in a manger. <laughs> he is the Savior. And then I loved it because it didn't just stop with that one glorious moment where he was afraid. But suddenly there was many, there were many angels that appeared. And what did they say? Glory to God in the highest. You see, there's a, a lot to worship when you look at all of God's creation and all of His majesty. And when you read about the angels, they are fascinating creatures that God has made, that, that He has woven together to present His glory. But they are not worshiping themselves. They are not pointing out specific parts of creation in their worship. But they say glory to God in the highest. The highest form of worship is that God's favor rests upon us. Why? Because He sent His one and only Son. Can you imagine these guys said, well, what do we do? Let's go see Him. Why not? And so they took off on this incredible journey. To see God. A little baby. A little baby. Who's the savior. Of the world. And I love it. We don't really get the details. But. It tells us that. They hurried off. And they found Mary, Joseph and the baby. In the manger. It says when they had seen him. What they do. They spread the word. Concerning what had been told them about this child. And I love that last verse. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds <laughs> told them. Man, they'd been changed. They'd been shook up. Why? Because they saw the glory of God upon a small child. And that was that first picture of God who is all powerful, who has all glory, who has all control, who deserves all our praise, worship. And he came as a little baby in a manger. All of that power, so vulnerable. And the shepherds came and they saw. So what child is this? Well, I just want to look at several aspects of being a shepherd. Notice uh, in John chapter 10, verse 11, and you, you might want to kind of hold, 
place there. We'll be jumping around a little bit, but we're going to be looking at John 10 a couple of times in the message. In John chapter 10, verse 11, we read these words of Jesus as he makes this declaration about himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It was a common practice in the ancient world for a shepherd to try to find a cave to put the sheep in in order to protect them. And the shepherd would lay down at the entrance of the cave. In order for any predator or thief to get to the sheep, he had to go through the shepherd. The shepherd was literally the protection for the sheep. Now, think about that. When Jesus said, when he gave this message of protection for the sheep, he laid down his life for us. Our sin, our deep regret, what we didn't do that we wanted to do, what we did do that we didn't want to do, all of that stuff. When he laid down his life on the cross, it can't get through to us anymore. When we receive Him, when we receive His gift, when He enters our life, we are protected from all of that. Sin and death. Yeah, I know that there is a part of that that still hurts us. But the point is, all that has lost. He has won. He has died for us and He has given us that, that life. Shepherds often were a picture of a righteous government. In the scriptures, which is interesting because the shepherds typically weren't the rich folk. There were a few rich shepherds, at least they owned the flocks. You know, guys like Abraham and Job that had been blessed with large flocks. But for the most part, shepherds were not known as wealthy people, but they were known as dedicated people who loved the sheep, who protected the sheep, who fed the sheep, who were there. For the sheep, they had a genuine concern for the sheep. And so the picture of a shepherd as a good government leader is he cares about the people. It's not about just getting richer or getting more power. It's not about me, but it's about the people that I serve. So that was a beautiful picture of a shepherd. And even as we think about the shepherd's staff, it, it is a picture of the responsibility of the shepherd to lead and to care and to guide for those sheep. It's interesting in the scriptures. Uh, you go all the way back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. As we're reading about occupations. <laughs> we get an early picture here of an occupation. It tells us in Genesis 4, verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks. In other words, he was a shepherd. Abel was the first shepherd. And yet there were others. As we come down to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. Turn me to John chapter 10. I said we'd be headed back there. Verses 14 and 16. 
Listen to these words of our Lord. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You see, a shepherd had a flock. He spent so much time with those sheep that the sheep were able to recognize the voice of the shepherd. The sheep were familiar with their shepherd. They knew they could trust that shepherd. They knew that shepherd loved them and their lives were safe when they heard the voice of the shepherd. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. He said, those who belong to me hear my voice. And the way into the kingdom of God is by hearing that voice. That voice, when we say, man, I can't be good enough. I can't do enough. I'm not capable enough. You see, you hear that word, enough, 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 enough. And yet the voice of Jesus says, I am enough. You see, that's that's the good news, guys. You and me, we are not enough. But Jesus is enough. And that's what Christmas is about. He's enough. We, 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 I know we spread gifts, but thanks be to God for His indescribable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is through His gift that we have received heaven. And we've received life that's full and, and that is meaningful. Remember even old David. He was a shepherd. God sent Samuel to find the next king, and he goes in there, and man, he sees these tall, handsome hunks, Jesse's sons, and he's like, look at him, he looks like a king. He must be the king. Nope, Samuel, he's not the king. Look at him! I mean, God, if anybody looks like a king, it's him, not him. Well, this just went on. Finally, I can imagine Samuel saying, Well, who is it? Who is it? He says, Oh, do you have any more sons, by the way, Jesse? Well, I got my youngest son. He, he's taking care of the sheep. You see, God picked somebody who knew how to love, how to care, how to guide, how to, how to give of himself, a shepherd. And, and he was out there. He, he was out there in the fields, and, and he, he brought. David before him. And you love it. I love 1 Corinthians. I mean 1 Corinthians. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. Where the Lord says to Samuel. By the way he says. Uh, hey. Uh, God does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord. Looks at the heart. That's, that's, that's what the Lord. Sees. You know even after. David had that calling. He didn't immediately ascend to the throne. Matter of fact, there was this big battle. Remember this guy? Huge guy. You know, some little troublemaker named Goliath. I've heard, you know, different explanations how big this guy was. Let's just suffice it to say, big enough. I read this morning, I was showing my wife, uh, he was a guy... From Game of Thrones, if you've seen Game of Thrones, the mountain. See, I'm not sure which one he was, but he's big. 
He's 6'9", 390 pounds. And his girlfriend is like 5'2". I mean, what's that? What? But anyway, it showed this guy. Man, his arms about as big as my waist. And showed her next to him. And then it had another picture of his girlfriend. She's pumping iron. 5'2". And on her shirt it says, I'm getting ready to fight the mountain. (laughs) But the point is, (laughs) is that this shepherd, he sees what is going on and how God's people are scared. And how they're saying, man, we can't fight this mountain. This big guy is too big. So what's David do? He says, hey, look, God's been preparing me for this. I've had a couple of rounds with some bears and some lions. And with God's help, I came out on top, you see. So I ain't scared of some big guy because God is with me. Man, it's just, you know, just gives you holy goosebumps kind of thing, you know. So anyway, with this picture, it's kind of interesting. It tells us in 1 Samuel 17, he's going back and forth and his brothers are, you know, they're part of this army and they're all shaking and quivering. But David, he's going back and forth and taking care of the sheep and he brings some food and some, you know, some snacks and stuff, you know. Some uh, Jerusalem junk food, I guess, you know, and, and so they're, you know, munching, you know, on that stuff. And as he comes, he says, the God has allowed me to take care of these sheep, and I'm God's sheep, and he's taking care of me. And Guys, we can do this. You see, when that baby came, God basically said to us, guys, I'm going to do this. I'm going to save you. <laughs> As you look at the shepherd, they took care of needs of the sheep. Enough food, enough water. Remember Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quieter still waters. He restores my soul. I go on, but the fact is, the shepherd's there to take care of the sheep and and the sheep's needs. Turn me to John chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus is before a crowd. They're following him because he had given them a bunch of free food. <laughs> and they, were, they thought, man, we'll get us another free meal. This guy knows how to bring the food. Don't know where it comes from, but man, he brings it. God, it's God. <laughs> okay. So anyway, they come back and they're following him. And Jesus, he says these words to him. <laughs> Verse 32, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's obviously talking of himself. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So what is he saying? Is your soul famished? Are you broken? Are you empty? Jesus says, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here to nourish you. I'm here to fill you. 
He is the answer to the soul that's empty. He fills us. <laughs> the role of that shepherd. He also has a role of a shepherd, as I mentioned earlier, he protects from wild animals and he protects from thieves. You know, David fought off bears. He fought off lions and he ended up taking care of that big old giant right between the eyes, man. Bunk, you know. <laughs> and But in, in this case, uh, how much bigger is our God? The devil's after you. Yeah. You know, I, I love it. What a little Richard. Remember little Richard? He became a Christian. I asked him one time, uh, you know, about his faith. He said, look, that old devil, he says, when the devil starts reminding me where I've been, I just start reminding him where he's going. Jesus is our shepherd. He protects us more from a bear, more from a lion. He protects us from the devil. He protects us from sin. He protects us from ourselves. <laughs> That's what he does. As the mighty shepherd, he also protects us from the thieves. Uh, this is from, from John 10. I'll, I'll just read down through here in the 10 verses. How did I get my Bible upside down? These preachers, they're just throwing stuff around. Okay, starting at uh, verse 1 of chapter 10, he says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he's brought out all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it too. The fool. Man, that's why we come. Because we believe that by giving his life, he provided life for us that is full. In every way. So what kind of child is this? He's the shepherd who laid down his life for us, his sheep. He is the shepherd that nourishes us who are weak and defenseless and helpless. He is the shepherd who guides us, the shepherd who continually protects us, and the shepherd upon which we can fully trust. Isaiah 40, verse 11 reads, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. That's our Lord. He's compassionate. He's kind. Yeah. 
Remember Peter, he's always trying to resolve everything quickly. Most of us can relate to Peter because we we want to jump out there. Uh, but like Peter, sometimes we wish we hadn't jumped out there because we've jumped in it, seems like, often. Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. We know what happened. He denied him three times. He, Peter's broken. We're told he weeps bitterly. He feels like he cannot be forgiven. He cannot be restored. And yet we know Jesus restored him. This is from John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Near the very end of the Gospel of John. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? More than these. Yes, Lord, he said, you know, I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So I close with, with two thoughts here for an invitation. The first is, Jesus is that good shepherd who died for your sins, who is available for forgiveness and, and freedom that comes through His perfect work on a cross. And that's what Christmas is ultimately about. But the second call is that we were not saved just merely to sit and sour, but we were saved to love others who are around us. And we were saved to be shepherds ourselves, to carry forth message to other sheep, who have not heard his voice, who have not met the shepherd, and who are lost and wandering and in trouble and in danger, and they need a shepherd. Not just any shepherd, the shepherd. So this Christmas season, the invitation is twofold in that. First, do you know the good shepherd? And are you serving him as a shepherd? Let's pray. Lord, uh, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for this time of glorious worship, Lord, to uh, remember there was a scene of majesty where shepherds saw the angels and the angels immediately gave glory to Jesus Christ, the Savior, born for you. Father, that has not changed today as we are here. We know that we need a Savior. Some, Lord, maybe for the first time, want to say yes to the gift of that Savior and to be made new and forgiven. What a great time to do that. Father, may that person just say, "I, Lord, thank you for Jesus. I know I'm a sinner, but he died for me and and I want to receive the gift of eternal life and, and the, the strength of the Spirit who will live in me and provide 
what I need to follow and obey you. Father, I just pray you show those who have not met the shepherd that you're ready, Lord, for them to meet you. And then for others, Lord, uh, myself included, Father, uh, we are your shepherds. Show us sheep. Show us where to go. Show us what to do. Use us for your glory. For ultimately, we're little shepherds. And we look to the good shepherd and we just beg you, God, to be glorified in us. Father, uh, with an altar open and with a desire to say yes to your call, Lord, we just want to have an invitation or a chance to respond. Speak to us, Lord, and may we say yes, whatever you say. In your name we pray. Amen.